Welcome to another episode of Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. What a week it has been. But great news! We get new rap boys this week. That's right, just in time for the arrival of Printer's Devil, the Julia Steiner of Rap Boys is this week's guest on the pod. Julia came on this week to talk about how Rat Boy's sound has evolved, the fun they had writing this record, playing a Bernie Sanders rally in Iowa, which Bernie, of course, went on to win, and the music videos for singles from Printer's Devil. This is such an exciting episode because I am such a huge fan of Rat Boy's. I've seen them play fest so many times, as well as, like, just in Tampa. They're really gifted. They're really crushing it, and I feel like this is their most fun record yet. I'm sure you're all hearing it streaming everywhere now this week, but this is this is such a great record. I feel like it's going to be among my top 10 at the very least for 2020. So, you know, yeah, without further delay, let's hear more Rap Boys and then get into the interview with Julia. Thank you. 
All right, well, welcome, Julia, to Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How's your day going? Hey, um, pretty pretty dang good. It, uh, we got a lot of snow last night in Chicago, so just kind of bundled up at home today, uh, trying to stay warm. <laughs> that sounds like a good day, though, honestly. It seems like the snow hasn't been too crazy in Chicago this winter so far. Yeah, for real. You're right. We, uh, we really haven't gotten hit too hard yet so you're right yeah it's nice we Sean and Dave and I all live together and we've just kind of been laying low going over some parts some like bass parts and uh yeah just playing video games and stuff not too bad sounds perfect nice and chilled out stuff to do until uh you go on tour here isn't it like in February you go right yeah pretty much we we are playing a show the day our album comes out on February 28th and then um and then a couple weeks after that, we head out on tour, like going down to South by and then heading out west. And then, yeah, eventually we'll hit the East Coast, too, in, in the spring. Sounds exciting. Well, that's awesome yeah. to hear. All the stuff around Printer's Devil has been so exciting. So congrats on this record. Thanks. It's awesome to have some new music to show people. Absolutely. I can imagine so, because, I mean, everything that you've put out over the last like year or two has been a lot of stuff like surrounding like GN and all that, which is really neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy though. Like it feels like so long ago that we recorded that. Um, it's, it's cool to just have some, something new to share. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it feels this, this new music feels a little bit more, uh, true to how we've been playing live and yeah, it'll feel good to go on tour and finally like play a song and really be able to like have it be more true to the recording. We've, we've always kind of, like diverged a bit from the recording so it'll be cool to yeah have something that's a little more more authentically us yeah it sounds like you put in a lot of effort to kind of um really put your personality out there with not just this record but um more and more with your music in general too yeah that's that's definitely the goal I mean we just want to be ourselves and you know we love making music together so the main goal is just to to do that and put it out there in an authentic way. And if people like it, then that's a huge bonus because, you know, we'd still be playing shows to empty rooms if we have to, but it's nice when people, you know, enjoy what we're doing and it resonates with people. So hopefully that continues to happen. (laughs) Oh, I imagine so. Um, To kind of backtrack, because I know some of my listeners um, may not be as familiar with you. Can you tell me a little bit about how you, you kind of first got into music and then when Rap Boys started to come together? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I so I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and the oldest I'm the oldest of four. And my mom was really into music. She was like a theater major in college, and so she always put music on when we were, you know, on the way to school or just hanging around the house. And we all took piano lessons when I was a kid, but then eventually. Uh, I wanted to try something different. And so she, my mom helped me learn how to play guitar a little bit. She like had an old guitar of hers and she gave it to me and kind of showed me a few chords. And then I just went off on my own and started writing songs a lot when I was in high school, like pretty cliche, like, you know, alone in my bedroom or my bathroom, just like tinkering away, writing angsty songs alone. Um, Cause yeah, it was weird. Like in high school, I didn't really have many friends who, were interested in playing music like I had a healthy social life but that just wasn't something that my friends were trying to do they were all excited about what I was doing on my own but anyways it was kind of like an isolated experience for me and so eventually I went to college and um, 
like right away in freshman orientation met uh dave who plays guitar in the band and we just like immediately clicked and became best friends because we bonded over david played in a bunch of bands in high school and that like was totally different to me and like fascinating to me and so i had so much to ask him and uh I don't know if he had ever really met someone like me who was just like off on their own writing weird folk songs. So we kind of just like puzzle pieces, like fit each other's missing parts. And so um, anyways, we, we just became friends right away and started like jamming and stuff. And so, yeah, we started making music together as like a dorm room, like duo pretty mm -hmm. much. And then over time, that was like back in 2010, 2011, when we started college. And we didn't really start touring or like rocking out and playing as a band until closer to when we graduated, like 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, long story short, we yeah decided to try to tour and play as a full band, brought in some friends. And um, yeah, over since ever since then, it, things have just kind of like solidified over time. And now we have a couple of friends who play in the band and who've been really consistent in it. And so we're more of like a unit now four piece, which is like my dream come true. Something I've always wanted to do like in high school, not to go on and on, but like, I always wanted to be in a band, you know, yeah. I, just I just didn't know like who to talk to about it. And so now it's so surreal to me still that I get to be in a band. So it's, it's awesome. Definitely, because it's like you get to see that dream kind of fulfilled in that way. And like here you've had the development of not just yourself, but Dave, too, at the same time, kind of teaching yeah. each other music and uh, hanging out and really just writing stuff that blends both of your styles by the sound of it. Yeah, totally. I think we're still doing that, which is so cool. Like even though we live together now and like we've been around each other for so long, we're still we still, you know, gravitate towards diff listening to different bands on our own sometimes. And we just, yeah, always have new stuff to show the other, which is, I hope never changes. That's so cool. Who kind of influences you like musically and maybe even motivates you? Um, that's a really good question. I, well, here, I'll show you this one book. I'm in my room. One second. Okay. So I have this this was like the first book that I was really obsessed with when I learned how to play guitar. Nice. The Beatles, the Beatles chord songbook complete. It has, <laughs> it has like all their songs. Um, oh, awesome. And I mean, the Beatles will always probably be like one of my favorite bands, even though they're completely ubiquitous for good reason, but some, they just have incredibly <clears throat> like, smart and very intuitive structures and really really pretty interesting chords and so mm -hmm. I always grew up like playing chords and um this is like my bible so this will always be very important to me I go back to that all the time to just kind That's of refresh awesome. refresh my fingers and my brain um but as far as like songwriting influences I don't know like I I grew up listening to a lot of great like women songwriters like Sheryl Crow. My mom would put on like Joni Mitchell all the time in the car and like uh, Bonnie Raitt and stuff like that. I, that's more of a foundational thing, just like maybe more of a subconscious influence. I don't know, but um, that's awesome. 
yeah, it's cool. Nowadays, like, I'm always inspired by, like, bands who are doing it the right way. I feel like, like, pop is a huge inspiration now, having gotten a tour with them. And, um, I mean, Deerhoof will always be, like, me and Dave's favorite band. Um, Wilco, amazing band. I, yeah, I just love bands who do it because they love it and put a lot of thought into, like, you know, having a cohesive sound, not just a bunch of different people playing at the same time. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. Sounds like a really great variety to kind of draw from and stuff. And like your sound has evolved so much from when you first started putting out music to now. I mean, there've been songwriter vibes, a little bit of like that country kind of twang influence. And even now what you've kind of developed into for like printer's devil, it's impossible to box y'all in, but like, how would you describe your sound that you're producing now as rap boys? Yeah, it's something that I've kind of become aware of that we're not necessarily trying to do, but I feel like each of our songs is kind of like stands on its own as a certain vibe or a certain sound. There's, It's definitely not like uh, a punk band where like all the songs are the same super fast, super thrashy thing. Like, I don't know, we got a little bit of variety going on, but as far as like the overarching thing that connects the songs together, I feel like it's probably it's probably has something to do with like my perspective as a songwriter, like a storyteller. I think a lot of the songs are like more narrative or like tied to a certain time and place. Mm-hmm. And uh, the story is generally like at the front of the song. So, you know, at, at the base of it, it's like guitar music, but I like to think that uh, each song, like, it's guitar music that's telling a compelling story, hopefully. Um, but we like all sorts of different music. Like it's hard to, it's hard to just pin it down. Like my hands grow. That this one new song on the album, we like, we're really into that new Casey Musgraves album, and we were like, mm-hmm. we need to, you know, make like a flowery like summer jam. But then I will always love like Sufjan Stevens, like singer songwriter folk music stuff, and so. The song right after that, A Vision, is more like that. But then we love, like, Third Eye Blind and Sum 41. So we have, like, a pop punk song on the album. I don't know. Like, it's, we just like all sorts of different music. So I think that is just inevitable that we end up writing all sorts of different music because we don't just love to write one thing. (laughs) Hopefully people don't, that doesn't bother people. I don't know. I really, I feel like I'd get bored if I kept, if we kept writing, like, the same sounding stuff over and over. But We'll see. No, I love that about this record, though, because I feel like a lot of it, Trenders Devil just translates as a record where it feels like y'all are having, like, the most fun possible. You're really just playing whatever feels good and feels right for whatever you've written, like, lyrically or sonically, whatever. It's just you're going all in, it feels like, on this record. Hell yeah, thank you. I'm really glad that comes across, because that's accurate, for sure. (laughs) That's so awesome. And I like that you've dipped into so many different elements of your songwriting. I know like in the past, you've kind of done like online reading that inspires some of your writing and stuff. And it feels like there's a lot of personal antidotes within Printer's Devil and stuff too. I'm kind of wondering about your songwriting process on this record. Like where did that kind of come from and how'd you kind of build the record in that way? For sure, yeah. I think um, it's a combination of just over time, like on tour and stuff, if something happens or, an idea comes to me 
if if I'm not able to like write about it in the moment or like write a song right then and there, I'll definitely make a mental note. Mm-hmm. Like a vision, for instance, that song is about to me this uh, a combination of like two really memorable mornings on tour, like waking up in the rain and after a dream and like in someone else's bed. It's a very surreal experience when you're staying with friends, you know. Right. And uh, and it's it's something that's like kind of almost impossible to describe to people who don't go on tour a lot and so I knew that I wanted to write about uh that morning and I like wrote in my phone like my notes mm-hmm. a little reminder like don't forget about this and <laughs> so eventually yeah eventually the time was just right and this one night I came up with the, like the little finger picky thing and I was like oh yeah I've that like that's something I could write about and so it's basically kind of just like stockpiling experiences or uh on the other side of the coin like like you said being on the internet and just stumbling upon certain cool things that you read about uh that happened twice for this album and so for Clever Hans and Printer's Devil those were like Wikipedia jams for sure nice yeah because it's funny as soon as um the name of your record was announced I immediately because I know that um, with your previous records and stuff, there have been things that are like from Wikipedia digging and yeah. stuff. I'm like, ooh, I got to see where this one came from. And it's kind of fun for me because I get to fall down almost like the similar Wikipedia rabbit hole that you do. Hell yeah. I'm really glad that that's like something you did right away. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dope. Yeah, that, yeah, the title track, Printer's Devil, was like definitely the most passionate and deep wiki hole I've gone down in a long time and so I was like very excited to a have a song that represents that experience for me but then also uh the guys were uh, that was my goal was to name the album after that song and so they were they were cool with that idea so I'm so excited because um yeah, that that was Dave and I were demoing in Michigan and um, we were actually working on the song My Hands Grow, mm-hmm. which I wanted to be like about being outside in nature. And it's drawn from an experience where I was hanging out with my friends on like a summer day in Kentucky, just driving mm-hmm. around, like hanging by the river, very pastoral, wanted to like honor that day and my friends write a song for them. Mm-hmm. But I was like, who's the king of that? All of that, you know, like being at one with nature you know, putting yourself down to the level of the ant or the little blade of grass. And that's Walt Whitman, the poet. And so I was like kind of procrastinating or doing research, air quotes. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I should read about Walt Whitman probably. Cause like, I know his poetry a little bit, but I don't really know who he was as like his life. Uh-huh. But anyways, I was reading about his life on Wikipedia and there was a sentence that was just like, and then Walt Whitman worked as a printer's devil in Brooklyn, period next sentence and I was like wait what the hell like that that phrase printer's devil is something I had never heard before and alarm bells just like went off in my brain I was like that's a really cool phrase what does that even mean like I was totally floored and so anyways I clicked on that article and learned all about this you know anachronism this job that doesn't exist anymore but Mm -hmm. long story short Whitman's experience as a printer's devil is like totally insane he like ended up digging up a dead body and it's like a total total crazy story whether or not it's true I don't even care like it's just like stranger than fiction and so eventually yeah the song was written kind of from Whitman's perspective about his experience but it's also just like yeah like a meditation 
um, kind of testing the ink in a way that he might have mm -hmm. working as a printer's apprentice, which is a printer's double. But anyway, so yeah, not to totally nerd out for your listeners, but... <laughs> no, we yeah. love that stuff here. <laughs> okay, cool. yeah, that's, the song is just a, represent, a representative experience for, yeah, that, that totally ate up my whole day. Like, reading that article and then going down that rabbit hole was like the most fun I'd had in a long time. So um, yeah, it's just kind of all about new discovery and that's what the record is for me. So um, yeah, the wiki thing is still going strong. I haven't really, since I wrote these two songs, Clever Hans and Printer's Devil, I'm, I'm always on the hunt on wiki for new, new like stuff, but it's really rare that I find an article that like immediately screams like song to me. So I'm always reading though, I'm looking. That's awesome. And I love that you described the record as a discovery because it sounds like if anything, when you described like Whitman as somebody's like testing the ink and everything, I'm just kind of like, you're, you're doing that musically in a way. I feel like throughout this record so much with so many different sounds that you bring in, like there's a little bit more synth, there's a little <laughs> bit of like, I feel like almost a taste of almost every genre right now within this record, which is so cool. It's like you're testing different sounds. Thanks. Yeah, that's that's definitely intentional. We got to try some new stuff on this one that we've never gotten to do before, like these analog delay machines where you're like mm -hmm. running tape through and you like touch it with your finger and, you know, it makes it distorts the sound or manipulates it. And yeah, all sorts of stuff like that. That's just we were definitely testing out some ideas and we've been writing like some new songs for the next record. And that's definitely something that I'm interested in continuing like going down that path just mm -hmm. trying new ideas all the time right that's so awesome and yeah whether it's like a slower song like you have like kind of like a vision and everything it's like I feel like there's just so much that you play with throughout and like I like that you open the record with so much energy like alien with a sleep mask on first of all love the video that was really <laughs> fun just to watch um yeah that one was great and you got to put on like that real spacesuit and everything right yeah, man, that was so dope. We rented that thing for a whole weekend. <laughs> it was amazing. Fun, I will say, it was a pain in the butt to take on and off. To oh, yeah? Pee. It was, if I needed to pee, I needed to make it count because it took like 10 minutes for me to get in and out of that thing. So, but it was worth it. It <laughs> looked pretty cool. It did look really cool. That's really funny because like, it does look like it's pretty intensive to put on all that gear. It's just a lot of, and even under the spacesuit, these are the things they don't tell you, like, <laughs> to, to fill it out, it was such a huge spacesuit, because it was, like, one size fits all, mm -hmm. you know, so it had to be pretty big in case, like, a big dude wanted to wear it, and so I was wearing, like, you know those, like, strongman Halloween costumes with, yes. like, fake, fake muscles and stuff? Yeah, I was wearing two of those. Oh, my gosh. Under the spacesuit, and so to get in and out of my costume I had to like take off the suit and then take off those and like it was a whole <laughs> it was a whole big thing but like I said for art you know you gotta you gotta go all in yeah no kidding and yeah it seems like y'all really did go all in with uh with your awesome spacesuit as well as like just the way that everything was shot the different people who are involved in like the kind of like uh focus room kind of situation with everybody's yeah. like older tech and everything was pretty cool. Totally. I mean, it was, it was like something we've never done before. We, we've made a couple music videos in the past, but this was like a whole different level of production. Like 
these guys, John and Jake, who directed it, reached out to us totally out of the blue with this idea. And they were like, I know this is really ambitious, but it it's something we'd like to try. And we were like, yo, that's kind of how we felt about the song in general. And so, I mean, it's a pretty simple song, but as far as like making it sound really big and stuff was something we'd never really tried to do before. So we are like, yo, if the song sounds big and we're able to achieve that in like a way that feels successful to us, then might as well try to make like a big video for it too. And so luckily it worked out. We were able to do it like on a budget that we, you know, we didn't have like a big budget for the video. And so we were able to, you know, be really creative and find ways to do it that uh, were cheap enough, but that like ended up looking really cool. So I'm proud of it. It's like a true DIY feat in my opinion. 100%. Yeah, it's just really well shot. And like, I can feel how much fun that y'all had putting that one together. And what a great song to do it for too. Cause like, it is kind of one of your more like loud, playful songs within the record and stuff too. Um, and I yes. like that you opened it with that rec- with that song too. Thanks. Yeah, that was, that was the plan. Once we wrote that song, we we're like, yep, this would be a good, a good one to just like go straight in. No intro, just start. We've never really done that before. So it was cool to try something new. Yeah, it sets the energy up really high. And if anything, it's like, as soon as I heard that song, I'm like, this is going to be a fun record, which is my instant reaction. And like every song after that, just the way that it weaves through is just so amazing and everything. Like, um, of course, I'm talking about all the songs that you have videos out for, but it's just because they were so well done. Like I I go out at night was amazing too. Thank you. I really, I appreciate that. That one, yeah, was really exciting because we knew we wanted to make another video together, like with John and Jake. Mm -hmm. Um, but we had like a really short window of time we realized when we sat down where like everyone was available because Dave and I and Sean were going on tour with Sean's band and Jake and John had a big shoot it's you know all that scheduling stuff and so Mm -hmm. we're like we have two days to make this happen and like not very much time to plan and so we that one came together really fast and they were again we're like let's try something totally different like I don't know, we trusted them and it it looks really great. So that one feels a little bit more like emotionally akin to what we usually do. Like Mm -hmm. it's happy ending. It's more kind of, yeah, like nostalgic and wholesome. So uh, yeah, that one felt really good too. Yeah, the whole narrative within like the video as well as like the song itself is really neat because I like the whole concept of it feels like a you know, you're subtly saying this in the song, the video makes it more obvious, but a lot of it's like confronting fears and anxieties and stuff. And you like, you know, sometimes you have to push yourself to do things. And I thought that was so like beautifully done musically, lyrically with the video and everything too. Thanks. Yeah, that's 100% the message. So yeah, it's, it's almost like a reassuring thing for me. Cause I, I, I mean, all of us do to be honest, like struggle with stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm yeah just having anxiety around any sort of change or uh yeah like facing your fears and stuff so that's pretty pretty much hit the nail on the head i'm glad to hear that yeah that song's just so great and you just explore so much of this record i could literally talk about almost every song because i'm so into it (laughs) thanks that's fucking awesome yeah do you do you have a favorite on the record that stands out to you um so looking at it um (laughs) I think I really 
I mean, I really like the title track. That's probably my favorite song, but there's some weird stuff, man. Like, I really like Victorian Slumhouse. That's, mm-hmm. like, a ridiculous song. I, we've never really had, like, a comedy song on an album before. Um, and, I mean, that song that it doesn't have to be funny. Like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm selling it too high. It might not be funny to other people, but it's really funny <laughs> to me. Like, it's about this ridiculous BBC reality TV show that I, like, came across one day. And, uh... Just the idea of historical reenactments have, like, kind of always made me laugh. Maybe that's inappropriate, but um, <laughs> this one was just, like, it's it's not even, it's more so, like, the mixture of reality TV and historical uh-huh. reenactment. Like, having all these cameras in your face when you're, like, pretending to be, like, in a slum is so, the like, tension or, like, the, like the distance between those two things is right so ridiculous to me and so yeah that song is kind of about the whole like artifice of reality tv but I love that though and it's it's so interesting and your rich detail of like that it's like I I knew I I felt like I could picture the places that you were describing the settings and everything because it was just so richly done thanks and that shit's true like they really did bring in three tons of mud for that show. Oh my God. And I'm just imagining like this, I'm just imagining what that must have been like to film that show. <laughs> Truly insane. But yeah, that song is so fun because we got to like try, I don't know, the song, it's not like it was a joke to us, but we were just having so much fun with it. We tried like all sorts of ridiculous things with it. Like we made my, we slowed the song down and made my voice really low and then like put that in over it and mm-hmm tried some triangle and very vibey so that one is really fun to play um but I don't know hopefully yeah I I'll be curious to hear what people's favorite songs are I hope they hope they dig all the different stuff we're doing oh yeah definitely I um I feel like I, I Anytime anybody starts to talk to me about this record, I'm like, you don't know what you're getting in for. It's so, there's so much there for you to unpack in the best way possible, honestly. Right. Like, I'm, I'm very excited for everybody to be talking about it because I know that they will be, that's for sure. Oh yeah, thank you. Of course. You kind of talked a little bit earlier about like some of the experimenting you did, particularly with like Victorian Slumhouse here, of course, and everything. Um, where did you do all of your recording and like how long did that take? Yeah, we we recorded here in Chicago um, at a studio called Decade mm-hmm. Music Studios, um, which is, yeah, like a little closer to the lake. Um, but our friend, we actually had a friend that we made back in college named Eric Rasmussen. Mm-hmm. Played, he played in a band and we played shows together. And um, we had kind of lost touch. And then he hit us up out of the blue. Um, a few months before we ended up recording and was just like, Hey, I have like this new studio with my partner and Mm -hmm. we, you know, would love to show it to you sometime. And so, yeah, he reached out and we were like totally reconnected and the space is beautiful. And he, you know, gave us a pretty good deal. And so we, we were there for like three weeks, um, which is the most time we've ever had to record. So nice. Cause we, we actually recorded like most of the songs live, Mm-hmm. which means that uh, all four of us were in the room playing at the same time and like tracking our instruments at the same time. That's and awesome. so, yeah, we had never done that and always wanted to. And so, and one thing I didn't even think about with that is that it makes it so much faster 
mm-hmm. to record because you're like literally you know it's just way less time you're doing a lot at the same time and so we had a lot of time with three weeks because once we had the basic you know track of the four of us playing for all the songs we could then go in and add vocals and all the other fun stuff on top mm-hmm. and uh yeah we just had plenty of time to like play around there so it was very fun I mean we love being in the studio so definitely made the most of it I think Absolutely. Yeah. And whenever you record live in that way, I feel like it always captures a better energy of how your band actually sounds. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that's part of the reason why the record comes across so energetic too. The fact that you're all recording together in that live setting. Totally. Yeah. It was, it was something we were excited to try because yeah, we, we've had that experience so much on tour where we'll play our songs, like our old songs and people after the show are like, well, like, you don't sound anything like how you do on the album. Like, you are, are so much, yeah, like, have more energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we need to try to capture some of that or at least try, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was a huge priority going into it. That's so awesome. Well, I think that this record, you definitely captured it. Because it's like, I've always felt that energy in, like, your previous releases. But this felt like just leveling up somehow it was so amazing and I love I love that you had the freedom and the space to be able to like add different things to it this time too totally thank you that's so awesome um what are some things that you maybe feel like you learned about yourself or like learned about yourself just even as a musician um as you were recording and putting together this release um that's a good question I I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I was always nervous about the prospect of recording something live. Mm -hmm. Um, We, I was just nervous that I would mess it up somehow, or I think, well, A, I learned that when you do that, when you do record live, it really doesn't matter if you mess up, you can always uh, like fix it. But also just pushing myself to do that uh, I like didn't mess up very much. I, I think I was, I became more confident in my ability to just nail takes and like play the songs. Um, also like now that I'm thinking about it, the vocals were, we approached them in a totally different way this time. Mm -hmm. Um, I had in the past done double tracking a lot, which is when you like sing the song and then you sing it again and you might sing it a tiny different way the second time and so you layer those on top of each other and it uh just gives it this sound it's something that once you notice it in a lot of songs it's there it's it's not very common in like pop production or anything but like uh this guy john lennon was like a huge huge fan of double tracking and so yeah and like kurt cobain did it a lot um Anyways, it's just something that you notice. And I was always always a huge fan and like religiously would double track my vocals. Looking back, maybe because I didn't think I had a voice that could like stand on its own um, or I just wanted it to be a little quieter or have that kind of really smooth like texture. And so I always just double tracked, no questions asked. But on this album, uh, Eric really challenged me. Eric, the producer and record the guy who recorded it um he like really challenged me to try single tracking my voice and so did that a lot like in alien for instance all the verses and the bridge and stuff are single tracked and then 
I, do, I would double track for emphasis rather than just doing that all across the board. Ah. So, um, like the chorus and alien is double tracked, but the rest of the vocals is just my single voice. And so, and even like on Clever Hans, which is the other Wikipedia song, it's about a horse named Clever Hans. Um, he, Eric challenged me to like, it's a sad song. Like it's mm -hmm. kind of all about how Clever Hans uh, had this relationship with his owner and his owner leaves him, uh, he actually dies, but it's from the horse's perspective, he abandons him. And so um, it's, Eric challenged me to give like a, an emotional performance, like something where you could like hear the grief in the singing. And yeah. I had never really, never really tried to do anything like that before. And so uh, it, it took a while, but once it was kind of like acting and I've never really been, I took like an acting class in high school and I don't know if I bailed too early, but I just felt really uncomfortable. I was like, <laughs> I suck at this. And so I, um, I, yeah, just kind of learned to, that it's okay to push yourself and that it's uh, usually ends up with way more interesting or compelling results than just kind of skating by with what you've always known. So yeah, I think on the next, on the next thing, whatever we record next, I'm definitely going to take that with me and, be more open to experimenting with ways that I'm singing or like ways of recording my voice. That sounds awesome. Wow. What a lot of growth for you to have and like things for you to try differently this time. Cause it's like totally. me as a listener, I'm going to go back and make like listen for those kind of details and everything. Cause like, that's yeah. the kind of stuff I love to unpack. And that's so cool that you are able to have those opportunities within Printer's Bevel for sure. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. Something I'm really, I'm happy it happened. Absolutely. Well, as you're getting ready to release this record, what are some things that you want your listeners to get out of Printer's Devil? Um, I hope that people don't get bored with it and <laughs> that there's uh, more and more detail that they discover over time. We had so much fun kind of building the songs and adding little touches that we feel make them better. Um, emotionally, it's for me, it's a lot about like family and having faith in your relationships, even as they change over time, as you get older. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to me to listen back to this because it feels like such a document, like a, a place like where I am now in my late twenties and mm -hmm. kind of how I am now with my parents and people, the other people who raised me and stuff. And, you know, looking back later in life, once they're gone, stuff like that, I think it'll be, hopefully an even more like important kind of uh, landmark mm -hmm. in time for me as far as, yeah, just what it feels like to be getting older and looking around you and realizing that time's passing and there's nothing you can do to stop it, which is uh, totally fine. It's what <laughs> I tell myself every day. It's totally fine. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's good to not be in denial about that, I guess. So that's, yeah, just trying to embrace that reality, I think, with these songs. But, and it sounds, and God, even just talking about that, it like makes me feel anxious. But <laughs> these songs were kind of trying to rescue myself from that anxiety and just be honest. So I think hopefully, if no one gets any of that out of this, that's totally fine. <laughs> You just wanted to make songs that sounded cool for people, but that that whole aspect, that element of it is there for me. So if anyone does get that stuff out of it, then that's really cool because we can 
bond over that shared experience. But um, yeah, it's, it's just a, yeah, kind of like a legacy of this time, but Mm -hmm. we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I know for me, it's like, I felt like I could re-experience a lot of moments that you encapsulated a lot of moments in nature and like um, softer moments, kind of like how you were describing like the whole like waking up and all those aspects and stuff. So it's definitely there for those of us who are like uh, big time detail oriented music enthusiasts. Well, I know that speaking from my experience, I can find those pieces and connect with them. So That's I think it's going to be a lot of fun for everybody who's listening to get to unpack all that too. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's something that's interesting that you said the waking up thing too, because like our drummer Marcus mentioned that to me once. He's like, you talk about like waking up and falling asleep on all of these songs. And <laughs> I didn't, that didn't even realize that. So that's, I guess, something that uh, I think about a lot. I don't know, I guess, because we all do it every day, but it's a and, part of nature and like self and like yeah I thought that was cool just little details like that or just it, it felt like you spent a lot of time outdoors within these songs too which is really beautiful definitely spent a lot of time outdoors driving across yeah. the country um and yeah I need to go outside more so <laughs> maybe hopefully I will after the snow clears hopefully <laughs> yeah totally when it gets warm again I'll I'll take a nice walk <laughs> That's awesome. Well, 2020 is definitely a, a big year, it seems like, for Rap Boys, because you've got all these tours coming up, a lot of um, promoting around Printer's Devil and stuff. Um, you played a Bernie rally recently, which is amazing, Bernie Sanders rally. How was that? Yeah, that was totally surreal. We felt really, really lucky to get that invite. We, um, yeah, our, our drummer, Marcus, knows uh, the guy who books all of Bernie's, like, programming in Iowa. Oh, wow. And so he, um, the man who does that, used to play in bands and stuff, and st- or still does, really. And so, um, yeah, that was just kind of like a punk connection. Bernie's whole team is, like, incredibly young and punk and DIY. It's very, very awesome. Like, that I did not expect. We showed up, and it was well, pretty straightforward, like, as far as just sound checking and then mm-hmm. waiting and playing, like, any other show, but then right. it was just incredibly DIY, like, very, very well done, but you could tell it wasn't some, like, huge, like, machine putting this together. It was, mm-hmm. like, these are the five people here who run the show, and this one, you know, this Emily does this, and, you know, they all, it was just inspiring to see how, it's literally just a group of people driving around the state of Iowa, you know, setting this up for him. So, I mean, it was awesome. Like we, I've never gotten to really go to a political rally at all. So mm-hmm. the fact that we got to play one and like participate in any way was a huge honor. It's very cool. Yeah. I loved uh, seeing the shout out to y'all that Bernie did at one point. And I'm just like, yeah. that was one of the most wholesome things I think I've ever seen. And I'm just it like, was this so is great. Cool. I was wondering, I was like, is he going to do it? Because he, uh, when Marcus played with his band at, like, a different Bernie rally, he, like, did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if that's, like, a one-time thing, but I think he does that for every band at all of his rallies. And it's so sick, because, like, he doesn't have to do that, you know? Right. Like, it's just nice that he acknowledges everyone who's a part of it. Because, like, what people don't see is he thanked us, he thanked every single, like, community member who had gotten up and, like, spoken mm-hmm. before him. And so it's, like even if it's just, it's not like he's memorizing, he's reading it off a piece of paper, but it's awesome that he's like, 
it's not just about him. That's like his whole thing. It's about uh, all of us. And so it's cool that he, yeah, takes the time to acknowledge everyone who's getting up there. Yeah, definitely. Because at that point, it's like, it lets um, the community feel valued. It lets like you right. as artists feel valued too. And then of course, everybody who just saw you play, it's like, cool. Now that's pushing support in your direction too, at some point, which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I would have been so psyched even if he didn't shout us out. So right. was, that's just that, next level. <laughs> a huge bonus. And I was so happy that our friend Chris got like, got that and tweeted it out because I tried to on my phone but my phone like glitched out so oh well it's <laughs> yeah. out there at least <laughs> I, know, I know I was so excited but yeah that was a thrill that was I'll never forget it that's so cool well what else is kind of going on for you this year in 2020 for <clears throat> you as a band well we are hoping we're in the middle of planning a trip to go back to Europe nice um we've gone there a couple times in the past we I've done it the same way each time where it's like kind of DIY. Like we just do most of it ourselves as far as like booking the shows and getting where we're going. And so um, that's going to be awesome. I love going over there. It's kind of an investment as far as the money goes, but I mean, it's worth it to me to put ourselves out there in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. After that, we're planning a couple like festivals in the fall or in the summer, I should say. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully just going to keep touring. I don't know. I think, um, we have a couple ideas for the fall to like do co-headline runs with a couple of our favorite bands. Um, but yeah, just, just kind of keep touring. Hopefully, hopefully people continue to get into the record over time and (laughs) we have more new fans eventually. Um, hopefully, I mean... We had an idea to do a video for Hands Grow, but it would require doing it in the summer. Um, oh, okay. Because we want to do it outside. Um, but so maybe that'll happen. <laughs> we'll nice. See. Hey, that'd be cool. Still, post record video would be so much fun. I mean, yeah, I I'm all about. I love when bands do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you think the release cycle is over or whatever, right? And then it just there's more new stuff. Um, but yeah, like just logistically, we would have to like wait until the leaves are back on the trees and stuff. But, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, hopefully that'll happen. We'll see. But that sounds awesome. Yeah, just playing lots of music. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear it and I'm excited for you to make your way toward Florida, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah, that's the plan for the fall. Hopefully we'll get to play Fest again and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hit, hit St. Pete on the way. Love to have you. That's for sure. I'd love to yeah. hear that. <laughs> Thanks. We'll awesome. let you know. Um, so one of the things I always like to throw at the end of an interview to ask my guests is a little bit of a tricky one. It's okay if you need a couple seconds to think. But okay. if you could play with any three artists or bands, um, like it's your own dream show or festival, they can be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead, who would it be? Um... That's a really good question. Um, well, I know that I'm gonna like wanna change this later, but just <laughs> off the top of my head, definitely Jack Black. He's probably my favorite, like guitar vocalist, guitarist of Tenacious D fame. Jack Black, maybe, <laughs> this would be wild. Maybe Jack Black, 
Janis Joplin. Ooh. And um oh God, these I'm just thinking these people would not get along. <laughs> like this would be, um oh and Hmm. And let's say George Harrison. I feel like that would round it out nicely. I like Paul the best in the Beatles, but George is such a chill dude, and he's he'd probably be the most fun to jam with. I feel like Paul, I wouldn't be able to like. He'd be too technical, and I he'd just be running out of you know running away. But George is such a chill dude. I think Jack Black, George Harrison, Janis Joplin would be badass. That would be such a good band. I love it. I love this yeah. lineup. Especially Jack Black. I feel like that's like, I don't know. He's like my favorite, one of my favorite people on this planet. So that's one of my dreams in life is to meet him. So let's someday. send the vibe into the universe for that to happen. Yeah, let's speak it into existence. Exactly. That's what this podcast is all about. And that's always what that question is about for me too. It's like, whoever's still active and out there, let's send it to the universe. <laughs> let's make it happen somehow. Speak it into existence. <laughs> Love that. Dang. That's crazy. Have Wow. Okay. I'm going to continue to think about this, though. Yeah, you'll just have to come on the podcast again and give me your fresh list. Yeah, yeah I'll update you later. <laughs> later on. I love to hear that. Well, thanks so much for joining, Julie. This has been a blast. Where can everybody keep up with Rap Boys on the internet? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate anyone who has any interest in what we're doing. It's <laughs> um, yeah, we, I don't know, I run our Instagram and Twitter and stuff. I am try to keep up with that as much as I can. Um, and other than that, I mean, we have a little website that we worked hard on that looks pretty good. Rapboysband.com. You can like check out our tour dates and stuff. Oh yeah. And we have a, we do a newsletter that I, I need to make it like more funny and stuff, but (laughs) trying my best. We, we try to send that out like once a month. Um, so if you go to rapboysband.com, you can subscribe to it at the bottom and yeah, I, I write those. So hopefully it'll you know it'll be straight from the heart which is good <laughs> that sounds awesome well everybody's gonna have to make sure they sign up for the newsletter and follow you on on social media you're gonna be on a lot of exciting adventures this year so Hell yeah thanks definitely That's stay tuned <laughs> cool. awesome well thanks so much for being on yeah i really appreciate it Amanda.
Printer Rat Boys. Thank you so much to Julia for hanging out and sharing so much of what went into Printer's Double and what's ahead for Rat Boys. They have a really awesome tour coming through this spring, so be sure to check them out. Rap Boys is just a band that's truly taking over the world with the most genuine, upbeat, and moving sound and people who are making it. So be sure to give them a follow on social media. Listen to Printer's Double out this Friday, February 28th on Top Shelf Records. Also, shout out to Jamie at No Earbuds for ever hooking me up with really wonderful people for the podcast. Support No Earbuds too, because Jamie rules. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. For more news, thoughts, feels, or just all the podcast episodes, please visit anchorgirlmusic.com. If you're interested in pledging your support on Patreon, please feel free to visit the website or at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Every patron gets a shout out on the website and the pod, and more. So thank you to the following monthly patrons, Molly, Carly, Kendra, and Sam. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry, and share the songs that you think are cool for people. Probably rap boys. <laughs> Bye for now.
just one.